What's going on, guys? Welcome to another breakdown beta content test. Uh, apologies first for not having something to you yesterday. We had a bunch of random little family stuff that came up, but it should be back to a daily schedule now, at least during the weekdays. So today, again, we are in curation week where I'm doing a quick podcast around three top news stories and then uh, a newsletter that kind of follows that. Next week, I'll be trying a single thought uh, podcast and a single thought essay. So I'm hoping to see your opinion on which you like better or whether you like some combination. But for today, we're going to be talking about uh, European central banks and their new uh, asset stimulus program in relation to the COVID crisis. Second, we're going to be talking about uh, China and the US increasing tensions with China uh, in, a, in a kind of a emergent trade war again, or re-emergent trade war. And third, we're going to talk about a Bloomberg report on Bitcoin. But first, let's talk about the ECB. So the Fed has obviously been super aggressive to act in the context of the COVID-19 crisis. And in fact, most people right now attribute the return of US markets to the Fed's action. Although, if you're interested in this, you are going to love my conversation today on the main Bitcoin or break down episode with Jeffrey Snyder, who argues that central banks are and have been forever totally impotent and just basically play a confidence game of self-fulfilling prophecy. So do not miss that. But the point is that in terms of popular narrative conventional wisdom, the Fed has moved very quickly while the European uh, Union, the European Central Bank has lagged behind. The ECB has lagged behind because of the political process in uh, Europe, right? Because of a crisis of political will in Europe. In fact, right now, as we speak, the ECB ECB is uh, dealing with a German court's decision that uh, their QE programs in the past, uh, in 2018, have not uh, been basically uh, a part of their mandate. So there's all these questions in Europe about how the central bank relates to uh, individual national economies. And if you're interested in that, go back and check out my episode last week with Thomas, or maybe two weeks ago with Thomas Mullinen, uh, who argues actually that the euro should be left behind in order to save the European Union. Um, but anyways, the European Central Bank has finally done, uh, it's ramped up its stimulus program, and it ramped it up in a way beyond what analysts uh, were to expect. Alberto Gallo, who's a fund manager in London, said the ECB is very well known to be behind the curve, only acting at five minutes to midnight, but now they are ahead of the curve. So basically, the ECB has scaled up its bond purchasing program to 1.35 trillion euro or 1.52 uh, trillion dollars. Um, and the the markets are responding well. Uh, so this is, uh, I think, a key bit of information because central banks are the most important actor in terms of the conventional wisdom of the economy. And in many ways, the economy is just a machine for churning out and responding to what central banks do. So the fact that Euro was that the European Central Bank was able to get it together to do this is for some uh, a, a hugely important sign. Now, there are others who are more skeptical. Daniel Lacaille writes, the ECB launches yet another massive liquidity injection that will go entirely to debt financing and zombification of the eurozone, while governments at the edge of bankruptcy claim their low bond yields are due to their exemplary policies and proceed to spend even more. Sigh. Sven Henrik uh, posts a European Central Bank tweet that says ECB President Christine Lagarde introduces the baseline GDP and inflation outlook for the euro area. And he writes, narrator, none of the inflation or growth forecasts by the ECB in the last 10 years have proven to be correct. 
Lisa Abramowitz from uh, Bloomberg also talks about inflation, saying inflation expectations have barely risen, even as central banks and governments come out with unprecedented rescue financing packages. German inflation expectations over the next five to 10 years have remained below 1%, even after the ECB's bigger than expected expansion of stimulus today. Again, if you want to understand more about how there could be so much quote unquote money printing with such low inflation expectations, you have to listen to my episode later today with Jeffrey Snyder. But let's turn our attention now to China. So yesterday, uh, the U.S. said that it was basically going to restrict all flights to the U.S. or between the U.S. and China from Chinese passenger carriers. Uh, and it was an escalation. I think it was a symbolic escalation of the trade war that is going to have potentially huge implications for the way the world recovers and changes in the context of uh, kind of being on the other side of, or in the case of the U.S., just to tie to live with COVID-19. The particular action seems to have gotten some uh, of the response that it wanted, however. Wall Street Journal says today, China made a rare concession in the face of U.S. pressure on Thursday by agreeing to allow U.S. and other foreign airlines to restore some China routes less than 24 hours after the Trump administration had threatened to bar Chinese airlines from the U.S. So I think that the reason that I wanted to mention this as one of these key stories is that you're going to see this tit-for-tat as a central defining feature of our um, both economic and geopolitical conversations over the coming uh, over the coming weeks and months and and years, realistically. But uh, I think it's it's really important. Um, speaking of which, again, uh, sounds like I'm just shilling the the regular breakdown now. But tomorrow, I will be joined by a China expert or U.S. China relations expert uh, to do a primer on the history and and what we need to know or what everyone needs to know about that relationship historically to understand where we are now. All right, last up, you may have seen uh, headlines on The Block or on Coindesk that say something to the effect of Bitcoin analyst predicts 20k Bitcoin by the end of the year. Now, usually I am completely dismissive and just don't care about these uh, <laughs> these predictions when they happen, uh, but I did click on it. And this one, it turns out, is actually a little bit more interesting. It comes from Bloomberg, from their professional services indices product, uh, which does a regular uh, crypto outlook. And uh, this edition, it's been positive in the past. Um, it, the last issue, I think, talked about how Bitcoin was maturing and how it had performed uh, very admirably in the face of COVID-19 crisis. This one is called Bitcoin 10K Gaining Support. And then here's the key bullet, the first bullet. Something needs to go really wrong for Bitcoin to not appreciate. Uh, the other bullets that are part of this article, or this uh, research essay, rather, Bitcoin upper hand versus crypto market, like cold versus commodities, maturing Bitcoin gaining upper hand, NASDAQ crew oil as guides, Bitcoin on exchange absorbing about 25% of annual supply, Bitcoin futures may be a driver to sustain above 10k, addresses signal Bitcoin set to sustain above 10k resistance, tether rising Bitcoin and digitization of money amid COVID-19. The thesis of this thing is basically that a huge number of factors that are now not just about narrative but about structural and technical issues are all keeping Bitcoin at this 10k level in a, in a strong way. And they all seem to be tailwinds that are likely to just push it higher. Uh, As I said, I think you should not put too much stock in price predictions. However, when really the core of this is about the technicals and fundamentals that make it interesting and strong at the levels of price that we're seeing, I think it's a little bit more interesting. So I will link to that in the the email, which presumably you will have seen because it's the only way that you're going to get this podcast. But anyways, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, Tried to do a little bit faster episode today. Let me know in the DMs. 
uh, on Twitter or via email if you like this slightly shorter curated version better. Uh, all right, I'll be back tomorrow. Thanks, guys.